dialed in to Box and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these studs. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. Welcome back to Bucks and Brews. So we have a jam-packed episode tonight, and we're going to get to some stories as well. But before we do that, Nick. Yes. What are you drinking? I am drinking my limited edition, but it's not limited to me because I've had it for a couple weeks now. Uh, Bush Light Peach. <laughs> Been enjoying it. It's a little rainy here today. It is. It's not feeling like summer, but this is a great summer drink for me. It is. Um, and again, I liked it. It's very peachy, but also very bush lighty. Yes. <laughs> I don't enjoy the bush lighty nearly as much as I do the peachy. What do you what, and, and say? I'm kind of jealous of your little spread. What do you got over there? Oh, so I have fun stuff. I have one of my all time favorites from Atwater Brewery in Detroit, uh, vanilla Java Porter. Um, and then two from Pigeon Hill. I have a salted caramel porter. And a oatmeal cream pie. Mm, those are delicious. They are delicious. And Pigeon Hill, of course, and Muskegon, Michigan. That's true. So Michigan beers. Mike, Join. Mr. Eye Candy, joining us today. What are you drinking? Well, I'm probably only going to drink one today because I will have to leave. So I don't know. I might grab a second one. But I've got Founders. It's called Daycap Lime. It is a Goza <laughs> style ale aged in tequila barrels with lime and natural flavors nice i say from now on i think i have to have a day cap and a nightcap <laughs> and it's only i mean because the tequila barrels don't get the same alcohol add to them that the uh like uh with like the bourbon barrels do so right. it's only like still a 5.5 percent nice so still drinks light we're going to talk housing market outlook tonight, but before I got, I got some story times. I do want story, story time before I have to leave. All right. So my first story time is, you know, for those of you that listen in quite a bit, I am a high school softball coach. Our season came to an end on Saturday. Our first game, we had a thrilling walk-off victory, which was just one of the most awesome games I've ever been involved in. I mean, we were down four runs, came back and won, or I guess we were down three runs. We were down four to one. Yep. Came back and won. It was just awesome. And then in the championship game, we just we just didn't have enough. So lots of tears. Very sad. Um, Chris and I are leaving, and we're two of the last people to leave. And I looked at him. I said, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to get tore up tonight. He goes, I'm going to drink enough that I'm going to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I go to an open house the next day for one of my players, and her mom goes, I hope you had time to have some adult beverages last night. And I said, actually, I didn't have a drink. Really? I didn't. I went home. Actually, I went to the business and saw Dawn so I could get a hug. I, I saw her for a little bit. And then I went home and I finished putting together our, our new Blackstone griddle. Oh, congrats. Thank you. So that's all put together now. So now Yay. I just have to season it. And then, you know, Mike and I can be cooking on the Blackstone while we're drinking on the porch. Um, I, I tore out. That some... We don't cook off the grill, too. But it's true. Yes. Um, I tore out some trees that were growing that aren't supposed to be there. So I had a productive evening. Nice. I texted Mike that, you know, I was sad I couldn't drink because I wasn't drinking alone and he was exhausted. So he wasn't going to come help me. Oh, no. Um, 
but they have made it up there, but I would not have made it back with right. or without alcohol in my system. Well, and I, I was licking wounds the entire weekend. I mean, you know, it's, it's such a special team we had, and I'm, I'm going to miss the hell out of these seniors, but uh, let's get to the fun story time. Yes. I get here and I get a text message from my daughter. No oh, text message. Yeah. She texted me, dad, check your email. Oh, let's see. Okay. So I check it and there's an email. And it says, I got this at my school email. Is this real or junk? And I read it to Mike, or I read it to Nick, Mike. I was say, you didn't read it to me. I, I would didn't. remember that. I read it to Nick. I'm, I'm going to open it right now because I'll read you the opening line and you tell me the validity of this message, okay? So it starts, dear qualified student. Your 2020 right now. Your 2023 student benefit check has been approved by the college board and payment is set to be released. This grant is to support students in paying educational and personal bills. This is not a loan you will not be required to pay back. For claims, kindly submit below. Full name, mobile number, personal email. Important note, respond to this email must go to our grant coordinator whose information is listed below. Do not directly reply to this email as this is a non-reply email. Your application details should be sent to Mr. Perry Anderson only. (laughs) Also note that it is mandatory to contact Mr. Perry from your personal email. Then it lists Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, iCloud, etc. Regards, Student College Board. (laughs) Student College Board. Nice. So I call my daughter. And I was telling Nick, like three, four months ago, she caught a scam before I did. I'm like, she totally picked this out and she's getting smarter. And I call her and I go, so you think it's a scam? She goes, no, I think it's real. And I went, oh my God. I love my daughter, but you know, sometimes she's a little too trusting. I think the favorite part is the fact that it literally says reply to Mr. Perry only. Yes, I I did enjoy that. So I start reading, I read her the email address that it comes from. Oh, I got to hear this. It comes because I made her forward me the actual email. It came from Stephanie Brandon. Stephanie under or Stephanie.brandon at ebs.sr. Oh my God. Syria? Maybe. And I said to her, I go, does that look like a school email address? And she goes, well, no. I said, and who did they send it to? She goes, well, they sent it to my school email. I said, right. Look in the two. Who is it to? Mike, are you ready? Yeah. I N at VX underscore G dot EDU. I said, is that your school? And she goes, no. Right. So she goes, so that's just junk. We won't reply. I said, oh, no, no, no. Someone will reply. Robert LaSalle. Robert LaSalle will reply. So Robert LaSalle, who has a Gmail and a Google number, dear Mr. Perry Anderson, I hope this email finds you well. I was so excited to receive the news of my great winnings. Please send all of my money promptly. Below is the information you requested. Robert LaSalle with my Google voice number and my email. 
So now I'm just waiting to hear back from Mr. Perry. .sr is the top level domain from Suriname. Nice. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, Let me get that call while we're on air. Maybe we will. We know if we do, I'll answer it. Right. Well, that was fun. Both both the scam and, and Robert LaSalle. I thought you would like the Robert LaSalle update. We have not heard from him lately. I think at some point we need Robert LaSalle. We need Patrick Bronson. And I don't even know what Nick's would be. Doug LaDouche. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this one's uh, running for state senator Doug LaDouche. So, you know, um, you know, on here, we are all three owners of houses. Um, I happen to invest in real estate. So, you know, tonight's topic is, you know, I mean, something I think about on a regular basis right i mean i'm constantly thinking about multiple it. times a day yeah you know i mean setting myself up structure wise right i mean my wife and i my wife and i just looked at a house that how was it so it needs a lot of it's hard to so it's it's a great property okay um the house itself is not the house itself is good great right i mean it's 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 Okay, the problem is, is some of the work was half assed. Yeah. Right. Um the grout, the grout is so you go into the shower, right? And there's there's one foot by two foot tiles, the big long ones, you yeah. know. And the grout lines are like a half inch fucking wide. And the corner, the grout line runs into like this giant V that could like maybe be like a full inch on the side because no walls ever square, and I understand it, but like holy shit balls, right? Like they didn't even really try. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're just gonna throw this up and make it, you know. Um, you know, just, just some other stuff that was bothering me, you know, the garage door needed to be replaced, you know, soon the, the roof's older, you know, so, and, and mind you, this is a very, I mean, to me, it's a very expensive house, right? Like it's not, it's not like this was a, an investment property type thing. This is a very expensive Nick's going to live in it. House. Yeah. And it's not something you're going to want to put a shit ton of money into if you buy it. Right. You know, I mean, um, if I bought it, at investment price sure i had no problem like had i been able to get this house the price i would love it for right like let's say the person beat the crap out of it i would still love the land and then put my money into it and be very happy with it yeah. right but they were asking top dollar and the house needs... just isn't quite up to that standard right you know and that's that's kind of it so um you know we don't want you to move anywhere we still want access to your pool no so it this, has a pool so this had a pool oh don't um, ask. Almost the same thing. So it's okay. Really, it, when you think about it, it's just it's on two and a half acres. Mm -hmm. So you guys know my house, right? Yeah. So it's a lot. Um. Yeah, I have a lot, right? I this has a pool. That one, my my house has a pool. This one just have it has an extra bedroom, bigger square footage. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got a barn that I want, but like the barn's been converted to a, um like another house or whatever. So like it's got a studio up top in the mezzanine. Yeah. Think about my Granville house. Yeah. So the upstairs is living quarters and then downstairs has a kitchen, a bathroom and a living room. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, you know, it's nice. Um, Almost then, like an in-laws house. Exactly. It's an in-law suite. Yeah. And then the back, um, 
the, you know, the back has woods with, you know, with a huge ravine. And then, a, can I ask a shitty question? Sure. If you bought it, would your in-laws live there? They'd still stay in my house. I'd offer for them so that I could save some fucking money, but, um, I, could, I had to ask. I couldn't live with them. It'd be hard. I mean, well, it's a different house. It's just on your property. Right. And so, um, you know, and, and it wouldn't be good enough for them. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh i had to ask that's where you let caitlin and people move in well that's a kind of it right it'd be like those types of people where it's like man i'd love to make the money off of it um but you know it's on my property that's kind of something you wouldn't mind living right kind of with so my wife has no idea so all right the the back half of the roof was done at one point the front half wasn't okay who the hell does half a roof and i'm like me like this side only gets all the sun and gets beat up by the trees besides perfectly fine i'm not gonna replace it like right you know so sometimes and people if you're not into real estate you don't understand that that kind of thing happens like really everything just gets all the wind comes from this direction stuff like that so the other half had to get done and again being a bigger house like i know that that has to get done Mm -hmm. there's just there's some things that i i just see that i had to put more money into i'll just say it right this is a half a million dollar house okay right It, it, it is and when I think to spend a half a million bucks, I just think you want to move into a house and not have to do shit. Right. And I don't mind doing cosmetic. I'm not a cosmetic per like the shower doesn't bother me, yeah. but they're, you know, the garage door, like they really could have just spent the five grand to get an insulated new door on there. Like that's fine. The roof again, I don't mind, but like, let my, you know, take, and again, I was, I went in with an offer of 50,000 less, right. Because I was like, Hey, these are the things that, are here where it needs to be and needs to get up to. And then I'll have a half a million dollars. I'm willing to put that money in, but you're going to pay for it. Right. right. I'll do the work or whatever it is. And I can't say it's $50,000 worth, but like my contractors and this and that and blah, 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 all the crap. Also like, because I've struggled with my pool and how much I hate it, their system seems a little old. And I was like, fuck, that's a new filter. I, the pump's running. It's fine. But like, I'm going to get a new filter. I'm going to put, the the glass in it like we did at our house like i'm gonna get this all perfect i don't i don't want to start again so like i kind of did it with like hey these are the things i know i'm gonna have to pay for and i don't want to and i want you to pay for it and i'll right. be happy so um it, but somebody will buy it. it's awesome property in seven minutes from my house so it's like literally the exact same area just really it just didn't work out so um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see but so that being said like i know that the housing market I, I'm already seeing a lot of foreclosures, right? Well, let me ask you this. Cause I know my opinion. Yep. Um, do you feel like sellers are still treating the market like they did a year, year and a half ago? I guess. How do you think sellers were treating it? They were basically, they basically felt like even if they, let's say they listed a house at 300,000. They thought it was, you know, they were going to get 350 to 375 offered on it and some bidding war that it was worth more than what they really was. And there's some sellers out there, but I don't think. You think that's th- kind of cooling down? All right, I think people are still expecting that your house will sell within a two week period, mm-hmm. right? Or a week period. Like you'll have an offer within the first week. I, and I think that people are still assuming there's going to be some type of over offer right but not necessarily the bidding wars that there were correct right you're not going to have these 40 and 50 i don't think that sellers are thinking that right like i just sold a house that i didn't get what i thought right i just got my numbers on it and i'm not disappointed i'm just not happy right 
<laughs> I hope that makes sense. You, you made right? money. You just didn't make what you felt you could make. Correct. Right. Like I, part of me is I'm not sad. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. You're a little bummed out. Right. Cause um, if you made what you wanted to make, it would have been a much better year. Great year. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's still going to be like, I have another one that's coming up and I was doing math and I'm just like, fuck, I'm broke. I'm broke. Or if I sell this, I'm still broke. And it's like, oh yeah. Cause there's still a crap ton over in this other house. And I'm like, man, it will never actually, but I'm probably going to end up holding this other house now because I've made this money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. So you don't quite, you're not as motivated to sell. Correct. Right. I, well now selling one is selling one has allowed me to keep two. Right. Is the way I look at it. Right. Um, which is a dream. Right. Anybody hopes to fucking dream for that. Yeah. Like in my business. So, um, and you know, I'll only have, I don't know. I won't have that much of my own personal cash in comparison out there. Right. And if I wanted to, I can go get the cash back, but do you ever feel like your friends suck? Why? Cause the first thought in Mike's mind, the first thought in Don in my mind is, but, but the pool, <laughs> you're going to leave your house. And, and that means we don't have a pool to go to anymore. No. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm so used to fucking doing it. And, um, no, I don't know. I never really, because I know that I can't get a house without a pool or without waterfront property. Because because your wife and your daughter. Correct. Yeah. Right. Well, mostly my wife. My daughter doesn't really have a say. I mean, here's what happens. This is a, so we we find this house and literally checks all the fucking boxes except for. All right. So to me, things it doesn't have. Right. I absolutely love the in law suite. My wife's like, we can convert it back and you could have your shop in there and you could have your woodworking. And I was like, nah, man. Like, that's, that's I like it. It's income and. Yeah, I'm able to do something or whatever. Um, I was like, I could build a second barn, you know, for the stuff I want. You could Airbnb it, right? And my daughter's like, I don't want to move. I'm like, kid, it's literally yeah, that's not 1.5 miles away. It's like it's still in the school district. Yeah, it, and she was just exhausted that night, so she's like crying about it type thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, kid, like this is like, stop, right? And then we get there the next day, and she's like in love with the house, and then her like her emotions like I don't want to move. And she, she's like, can this be our summer house? <laughs> First of all, what? Like, how do you know about a summer house? Like, have I spoiled my kids to that point where she knows that people have summer houses? And well, stuff? she may just have friends with summer houses. I mean, she goes to Jenison. Right. And I'm over here like... I never once thought about... Like, I remember my first time getting invited to somebody's cabin. I was like a uh, junior or a uh, junior or senior, right? Like... I didn't have friends that had these things when we went away. Hey, my grandparents live up North and we're going to go visit. Right. Like, yeah. Let's we go hang out. But um, Mike and I will have a summer house. We might have two, honestly, because yeah. when something happens to my mother, hopefully many, many years from now, um, the Plainwell house will be my summer house. Yeah. And I'm sure Mike will come there too, because we're going to put it in an indoor slash outdoor pool. We're going to have windows and shit that open up, but yeah. in the winter it's going to close down and we can still go swimming. Yeah. And so I just, the top of the garage so we could do cannonballs off of that. Yeah, we're gonna reinforce the top of the garage too. Hell yeah. Party's up on the top of that garage. Sounds perfect. Um, but you know, so like she's she's going and but you know, really it does it, you know, it's got some land. It's got it, and the land was perfect for me because I, I hate mowing. Okay, so when I tell people I want land, I want like an open area that I don't have to like take care of because I'd love to be able to go shooting and stuff like that. Um but I also don't want to mow, right? A lot of trees are there. Can I tangent us? Sure. 
Speaking of shooting. Yeah. You sent me a picture. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, Aunt Sue? Aunt Sue. Yeah. Shooting with her was a fucking blast. That's the last time I ever shot with her was with you. Yeah, I see. And uh, it was a good time, you know. We had so much fun shooting with that old woman. We talk about this. Uh, this photo. Your gun was heavier than her. Yeah, I'm pretty positive, right? So it's a it's a 45 cal 1911, right? And this lady is, what, 87 pounds? Yeah, about that. Um, And, you know, she's the size of my right leg. That's you, pretty you much literally it. sat behind her like you were Johnny Bench. Dude, it was great. And then... You know, you, with a photo, and her back is just so bent, right, from the recoil of this thing, and just the smile on her face. Like, I'll never forget, right? It's hilarious. She people, had so much fun with that fucking gun. Like, Are you sure you going to pull that? And she's like, wow. And just body bending backwards. It's like you, you, things you can't make up, right? I, I think we talked about that briefly last week, but yeah. you just brought up shooting, and it just but, it made me think of it again. You know, and in, in the back, that so the people that live there apparently have made a trail on the top part of the ravine and all that. So uh-huh. it's like, looks like somebody might be driving their quad back and forth. I'm like, okay. great, quad stuff, like all these fun activities. Like, yeah, the, the yard's big enough to where I could have my wolf book court back, <laughs> um, and you know, or or ride quads yeah. or some dirt bike. You know, it's not it's not crazy. And then just a little extra land to to mow. But if I didn't want to, it was covered in the front by trees. So that way the people driving by on, on the street wouldn't be able to see that I hadn't mowed my lawn and kept it up to keep up with the Joneses because I don't care about that shit. I mean, I get that because we have now mowed twice this entire year. No, right. Um, you know, so I, I just, you know, my, the other thing my wife wants is, is a wraparound porch. Yeah. Okay. And somehow I have to figure out how to do that with, she wants a ranch. Um, actually she loves so she wants a ranch, but somehow wants it to be a uh, two-story, two-story Victorian. Yeah. So if you could ever figure Good. out how to get a ranch I, Victorian, yeah. I, I don't know about uh, that. Let me know. Uh, so I think I'm going to end up designing don't this. Really go hand in hand. Well, basically, I think she just absolutely loves what I'm going to call a mezzanine, right? So you just walk yeah. up there and it happens to have space up there, and then she'll have a ranch below. So it'll be a lookout type of a thing, right? So I think if I just build her a tower, she'll be happy. There you go. Um, I, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back for a minute because we're gonna reinforce that fucking garage. Yeah, we're gonna have some awesome parties there. I mean, they'll all end by like eight o'clock because we're all gonna be Holy old shit, bastards. Yeah. But we're gonna have some really fun ragers until like eight o'clock. Yeah, but you got, I mean, you got we'll, seven we'll bedrooms there. there. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna look just like Waldorf and Stanley. But the the thing at the bottom is it, it's old school. It's cool. Well, That's... it depends on the old Gen X is cool. The other old, and that's so cool. Speaking of old, because we're going off on tangents mm-hmm. tonight, I got a call before our games on Saturday. Yeah, apologizing for not being able to make it mm-hmm. from Steve. Oh, nice. But his heart is still not doing well. He's going to go see like his eighth specialist. Jesus, so dude. I told him he needs to figure that shit out because uh, we need him around for a long time. Yeah, see, we still got people that need to buy us some uh, damn plain little ice cream, right, asshole? That and is a... teach us all more about drinking. Yeah, riverboat cruises. Is a... uh, we like know. making beef jerky. We like to shit with the door open. <laughs> we have uh, literally never done any of those things. Yeah. No, I uh... with the door open. I say we know you do. Do I actually do quite often? Um, it's probably one of my favorite days. To <laughs> say, I yeah. tangent time again. So yeah. we come over to swim uh, two Sundays ago. 
Yeah. So this was after you and I went, Mike. Yeah. And I got to take a leak. Oh yeah. And I'm going to go around the garage. Like I always do. Yeah. We're and your pool people walk in that <laughs> area. Yeah. And I went, well, shit, I can't go to the bathroom now. It's right here. Can I? And my wife just starts laughing her ass off. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll go inside. So I walk inside. I, you know, I open the door, I get inside and I'm like, Something tells me I should just wait here for a second. No, it was a good thing I did because Courtney was peeing with the door open. <laughs> I damn near walked in on her. The rules of our house, baby. Yeah, um, it's a, you know that's it's just normal, right? Because um, her reaction was the best. She goes, "I was literally just peeing with the door open." I'm like, "That's fine. It's your house." <laughs> a, you know, I mean, you don't. Oh, and the worst thing is, was she there before you? Yeah. Oh, so she didn't know you guys no, were there. No, she knew we were there. She walked out the slider door to talk to us before <laughs> right. she woke you up. That's a her problem. Yeah, it is. Oh, I didn't get well, I didn't sleep. I wanted to sleep. I was so exhausted. Um anyways, back to housing. Oh, yeah. See, you know, so when I'm spending when I'm spending that kind of money, right? I want it to be better. And then I also realize that things are gonna start foreclosures are going to happen i mean they are happening currently right well and part of that is the high interest rates there's multiple reasons for part it. part of that is the adjustable rate mortgages yep part of that is people overextending themselves when they were trying to find a house because they were so desperate to find a house mm-hmm. that they spent an extra let's just say twenty thousand right. dollars and it's just not feasible like especially with some of these new constructions mm-hmm. You know, they, the taxes that were estimated were estimated on no house. Right. And now their new estimate has come in and now they have a house and they have an extra $2,000 that they didn't expect before. So they're minimum. Yeah. Like, so their payments are ballooning. Just absolutely minimum. Yeah. Like, and that's one thing that people constantly forget. Okay. So. I'm going to say, and this is Nick making up a number on the spot, but I'm going to say 90% of houses that you look at. So let's just say it's even on the market. Um, and uh, you go to Zillow or whatever, and it's just like, hey, house estimate. Well, that's based off of what, it, what, what the old estimate was. So if the person had had it for years, well, that's what their tax rate is at this current year. Mm-hmm. And then they, sir, some of them add a little, but like, they don't go, but you can go on to almost all, at least here in Michigan. I'm going to say the counties that are around Kent County, you can go on and do a tax calculator estimate, right? Plug in the new purchase price, not your down payment, not whatever, right? Like plug it in and it'll give you this estimate because otherwise, yeah, I mean, you're going up, you know, two, $300 a month more than you thought you were well, I don't know how many Reddit posts I've seen, and they're like, well, I just, I didn't expect that kind of jump. And people jumped in the comments, and they're like, listen, you bought a new construction house. There was no house there before you bought it. So, of course, your taxes were estimated on no house. Yep. So, now all of a sudden, you know, that $30,000 piece of land mm-hmm. is now worth $400,000. Yeah. Right. So, your taxes have, you know, gone from, you know. A thousand bucks a year to eight thousand bucks a year. Well, and and right. So within the first year, within the so they they do it off the purchase price, okay, and the rough calculations. Now, so if you're the first person to buy in a new development, 
and but they're also finishing up two and three right at the same time. Sure, you paid four hundred. The next person pays four twenty and four fifty. Like you're setting this low example, and now everything else is going crazy off of yours, right? And the other ones, like, hey, this is what oh we didn't realize it was going to be. You know, when it says the three hundreds, new constructions in the three hundreds. Okay, but is there anything else that's taxable around here at that price, right? Right. You know, these people know that they're going to appraise, right? They're they're setting the appraisal because they are the new house, right? They're the new in the area. Um, you know, and, and so I think people just forget about that. And really, it's an unknown factor. Well, and again, people don't necessarily forget about it. They don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people go into a housing purchase, yeah. there's a whole lot of things they don't know. They don't know. And mortgage people are so burned. I'm going to say burned out that they don't remember how to teach people to be a first time home buyer. Mm-hmm. They look at a set of numbers and say, Hey, this is what you can afford. Make it happen. And again, that number is based off of what you can afford for a house, not what you can have. Sure. They'll be like, Hey, this is, and but they can, they'll run your estimated taxes. So now if your top end of your estimated taxes and it runs off of last year's taxes, my wife's grandparents taxes were $1,100. When I ended up buying the house, it went up to like, 5500 right mm-hmm. like they bought it at 10 grand i bought it at 150 like, right and uh you know so you look at that and you're just like wow no you went off of what they were paying in taxes and you didn't run any numbers right so these people are they're being lazy and not doing what they should be doing and helping with this person going hey you actually don't qualify for this right um you know and you're getting a what three percent pay increase in a year right most people and so now your taxes go up 10%, you're screwed, right? Well, and nobody looks at anything that way because they don't necessarily know to look at it that way. I remember, I think I've told this story on air before, you know, we we were looking for a house in like 2002, 2003. Yeah. And it was, there was a guy that Don worked with and he had a friend that was a realtor slash uh, mortgage person. And we went and looked at this place and, it was three quarters done and it was at 150,000 and I'm sitting there going, and, and of course this was right when adjustable rate mortgages were hot. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, this, this house needs $30,000 worth of work. If it's worth 150, that means I'm willing to pay 120. Yep. And I remember the guy coming back to me going, all right, well, we're going to put in a $150,000 offer. I said, who the fuck are we? Who is we? I'm not putting that that needs thirty thousand dollars worth of work it's an unfinished house yeah. well you're not going to get it at 120 i said then i ain't fucking getting it okay nope. well we can get you a great teaser rate so i don't know what the fuck that is but if i'm getting a mortgage i'm getting a 30-year fixed mortgage oh well we can't qualify you for that then i guess you're not selling me a house right because i didn't know a hell of a lot but i knew those things well and and people always think I don't know. People people are willing to risk, right? Okay, so the same people that are buying adjustable rates are the same people that aren't investing their money into mm-hmm. markets, which blows my fucking mind, right? Um, so you're you're risking the fact that you think interest rates are gonna go lower or stay the same and, and you're you're getting the half percent right now. But now, I mean, in the past eight months, interest rates have been high. It might be a year now. I haven't even paid attention. Yeah, it's been about a year. Right. Like they've doubled. I mean, they're, they're insane right now. 
for what we think. Granted, mm-hmm. and that you get all the people back in my day, it was 17% interest. Yeah, back in your day, you bought a fucking house for 10 grand, asshat. Yeah, thank you. I, congrats. You're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to oranges and hoping that you're what you're saying is correct, but you're not doing it. Well, again, that, that house in Plain, well, you've both, obviously, Mike spent a lot of time there, but you've seen it. Yeah. It's 5,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. It's got eight bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms. Yeah. Or two and three quarter bathrooms. Two kitchens. It's a huge fucking house. Yep. My grandmother bought it for like $27,000 in 1972. And at that time, it only had the downstairs kitchen. The upstairs wasn't completed. Yeah. Okay, she finished the entire fucking house off. So we can talk about what happened 50 years ago. Yep. But 50 years ago isn't today. Yeah. And yes, you took out a 30-year mortgage, you were paying 19%. Yep. But you also made more money for that time, you know? Your 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 wages weren't stagnant like they've been here for the last twenty years. I mean, I I, I can't say I agree with what you're saying in that, right? Um, because it's all based off of what you're approved to buy in the first place. So, like the money aspect didn't really play that factor, right? Um, yeah, but back then the, the housing price back then everybody was approved to buy. If right. you had a job, you were approved to buy. You're approved to buy. Right? There was no credit scores in the. 70s and early 80s there there weren't credit scores until the end of the 80s nope so nobody ever sat there and went are you credit worthy they just assumed you were yeah you can afford it sure and you know what i'll say is you get to this point where where you you have to learn from history right and you know back when the 08 crash i mean it was all adjustable rate stuff it was also giving loans to unqualified people i mean you know, there's jokes of there's people that will tell you i bought a name i bought a house in my dog's name yeah. okay like it's an actual thing that happened yeah they didn't verify income right um strippers had three houses i, I say i know one that has uh, quite a few actually yeah and uh, she's out of colorado but um you know and it's just to me if you're doing an adjustable rate you're you have to stay on it right so like if it goes up at what point do you just call it and say hey i need to refi so that way i take this rate because i'm i'm my half point i'm a half percent back to where i was or when it gets to the low point where you want and you're comfortable when do you refi and say okay right um you know i i'm not i'm not a fan of that right i and again but like i like steady monthly bills you know and sure do the only time i tell anybody to take an adjustable rate is when you're guaranteeing that you're not going to live in that house for longer than that adjustable rate if you're going to be in there five years go for it or less right make sure it's less but hey your house is you know you own nothing on it and if it tanks sure who cares like you're still you still know that you're leaving right um that's how i look at it uh you know so i don't know it the taxes is huge, absolutely huge, because people don't realize that that's not fully calculated into their payment when the mortgage broker gives it to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I trust me. I mean, dude, here prime example. Okay, so I bought I bought one of my complexes, right? Mm-hmm. And the old guy was paying thirty three, thirty three fifty for taxes. Year one. I was at 9,000 and I'm just, I'm probably at 11,000 now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he owned it for 39 years. <laughs> He's like, he was at 3,300 in taxes and I'm at four times that amount. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
just absolutely insane how much I'm getting royally effed by the government. Mm-hmm. And we own the same fucking place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what it gets me. So well, like my mother complains all the time about her taxes at the house in Plainwell. Yeah. But she doesn't realize that last time that house was sold was 1972. Yeah. If I had to per- let's say I had to purchase that house now. Yep. Oh my god, they would screw me on taxes. Yep. But I don't have to because she owns the house. Yep. And, and when she passes away, I own the house. It'll be deeded to you. Yeah. And when I pass away, well, it's I'm already on the the title. Oh, yeah, there you go. And when something happens to my mother, my daughter will go on the title. Yeah. So it just passes. Yep. Which, you know, if you're smart with your money and you trust your family, that's the way to do it. Yep. Well, say, and you're, you know, you're the only child that it could go to. Anyway, yeah. Right? There's nobody to fight for this place. Right. It's, you know, my mother's the only kid left because my aunt's passed away. Yep. I'm her only child. Caitlin's my only child. Yep. Caitlin has no children. Yep. So, you know, it, it just, it's, it's scary to me, the amount of people that are going to the high end of their budget because they wanted this specific house. And now, you know, they don't have, they don't have the equity into it. They, you know, they put the three and a half percent down. Now the market's starting to slow. Yeah. Okay. We're still getting things, but um, if a house was listed at 300, we've heard of things going for 350, 380, whatever you're going to call it, right? I don't, we can throw all different types of numbers. Now that house is going to get listed for, you know, they know, hey, we're going to, and the next one went for 320, whatever, but they're going to, they're going to put it in that 340 range and you might get that 350, but I'm pretty sure you're just going to settle. Like, you're not going to get that, oh, man, this is 380, and we're going to keep getting that 380 type of a thing, right? It's not happening right now. People aren't going crazy for these. So, you know, I, I still hear 10, 15,000 kind of over. I'm not hearing much, much more like I was. I mean, I was hearing every day. It was crazy. Yep. And, you know. I'm seeing, hey, this is, it's just starting to, to become a normal. This is, we're going to see things kind of level out for a little bit. Um, and interest rates are keeping people from buying that next tier of a house, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, again, I looked at a half a million dollar house. And when I got there, there was already nine cards on the counter, which means there was at least nine showings. Um. And I, you know, and I know there was more because I saw, I saw it day two yeah. when I was on the market. Right. Um, you know, so it, it, and that one, I know only had three offers on it. So, well, you know, and I know I'm cheap. Yep. Okay. So like when my daughter bought her condo, which her condo is an apartment style condo yep, on Byron center and 28th street. So not a desirable area, not a bad area, yeah. but not desirable by any means. She she's bought that place for 132,000 and within a year there was another place around the corner from her that probably wasn't as nice as hers that sold for 160. Yep. And I think they've come down a little bit. They're probably in the 150 range now, but still I'm they're not worth that. Well, and you'll find that like condos condos are some of the first things to lose their value. Yes, right? Um people don't want to get into them you know hoas start to screw things up a lot um but you'll you'll see you'll you'll see the trend right so one of the big things you want to get on the topic of is commercial real estate mm-hmm. okay 
And because we've talked about um, not balloons, uh, adjustable rates, right? I'm going to let everybody know most, let me be clear on this, most commercial purchases, whether it's a strip mall, whether it's a, a commercial and residential real estate counts as five units and above. Mm-hmm. Most of them are all purchased on balloons. Mm-hmm. They're, per, you know, hey, 20, 25 year amortization, which means the length of time for you to pay it off. Okay. And you have a five, seven, maybe a 10 year balloon. Okay. But normally they're five to seven years mm-hmm. of an adjustable rate. And so the balloon means, hey, you have to make that full payment of what you owe on it. And everybody's like, oh, crap. But Again, bank structure, because they know all it really means is an adjustable rate. So, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to go in, we'll refinance you for the new rate, and now you have another five to seven, still based off of a 20 to 25-year amortization, right? So, hey, your payment went down, and you're paying less on, you know, less less money, so your income is going to pop up and things like that. But, um, you know, what you're seeing is, okay, so... Commercial, everybody, everybody thought, hey, or they think, I want to own a big building. Mm-hmm. I want to own multiple units. I want to, okay, great. And and honestly, you probably did really well and you're probably doing really well. But let's say you did the 1% rule and you paid $3 million for a bunch of apartments, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, And you got it back when interest rates were four percent for commercial they were always a little higher than um than residential real estate but what you know what happened is you bought it four years ago and now your time's coming well guess what commercial real estate's up at eight percent so you were cash flowing okay right because you did all the work now you have to go refi for double the interest rate and remember how I told you, like, when you refi, you still have the same amortization. Yep. So, yes. now, But now you've basically hopefully started back at zero, and you have no more way to make more money off this mm-hmm. except for charge it to the tenant. Like, But you've already, you've already maxed out how much you can get from these people. You've already done all the work that you can. And so now, and banks look at it and go, man, there's no money in this thing. I can't refinance you, pay me my, pay me my full amount. Right. Because I don't want that property anymore. It's not worthy of my money. Um, and so now banks are saying, Hey, we just can't refinance you. So private money has to step in and that's even more expensive. Bunch of, bunch of random crap. So, which, which is a lot of what happened in 08. Yep. And that's why people just said, fuck oh. it. You can just foreclose on me. I don't care. That's exactly right. So notes. It, it's So a note, a note being called is kind of different than a note coming due. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I should clarify that. So let's say over the course of five years, you owe a million bucks, you're down to 2.8 million. And these are just stupid numbers off the top of my head. Well, when you go to re, so if, if a note becomes due, you owe that 2.8, right? Then now if we're in that five-year period and the market took a crap like it did in 2008, well, banks are like, Hey, this is going to get really bad really quickly. Um, we lent it to you on this, but like, we don't think that you're going to be able to make your payment. We don't, it doesn't matter what they thought. They're like, Hey, we want that money back in house. We want all three, 3 million bucks. We want it back. We want it back now. Um, 
So they called the a note. They're like, hey, you have 30, 60, 90 days to come up with the amount of money that you owe us. I don't care if you go refi us to somebody else. We're just not willing to take it. So then they call it. And that's how it kind of happened, right? So then you're like, hey, screw it. You can take it because nobody else is going to buy it at this price. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, HELOCs, HELOCs are the, are the same, right? Where they can actually be called, but HELOCs weren't notorious for getting called. Um, that wasn't a big issue. Uh, mortgages can't get called, right? They're written on a 30-year full amortization. They're They're not allowed to get called. Um, no bank can just say, Hey, we want our money right now. And unless it's written under like a commercial policy or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think when I look at what's happening is exactly, exactly that people bought at low interest rates, thought low interest rates are going to stay. And then now, like if I go try to buy this for 3 million bucks, well, okay. They bought it for 3 million. They, they made it worth 4.5 back in those interest rates, but now you're not going to be able to get that because you, you, the money doesn't make sense, right? That same payment that was on 3 million is an even higher payment on the on the 4.5 with the interest rate. So you have to sell it for basically what you owe to try to break even. So now you've done this for just your cash flow. It And so that's why, you know, th- people always think that they're going to make the money on the real estate in the end, but they they're not. At this moment. Well, again, the people that made money in the 08 crash were the people that could afford it mm-hmm. with a fixed mortgage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's if they had jobs still and yeah, did all the you know, did all the right things, you know. So I go back and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm God's gift to whatever, but you know, when you're looking at a big house, big purchase like that, everybody's like, Well, do you want the payment? Look, between you and me, my payment's not gonna be that much different. The only difference right now, I'm at a 4% interest and I can go get a 6.5% interest, but I'm going to put all of my money from my house. I have money. I'm literally going to finance roughly, roughly the same amount of money that I have on this. And, you know, we'll kind of wash it out. And so then I'll, you know, sure, my payment will go up a couple hundred dollars, right? I'm not talking a thousand. I think when I did the calculation, my payment was going to go up off of what I wanted to put down payment, stuff yeah. like that, maybe 300 bucks. So it wasn't going to affect my life in the crazy amount. It was just going to kind of be like, all right, hey, this is what it is. So, you know, when I look at things, like if I'm doing a purchase, I'm not going to go 500,000, put three and a half percent down and then have just this huge payment. Cause that's, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm right. not, that's not who I am. I'm going to put as much down to make myself, Hey, this is, I'm not changing my life in much of a way. 300 bucks sometimes affects a lot of people. Like that's, I don't, you know, Hey, you have to come up next to 300 bucks. Like I I've done my calculations enough to where, you know, I can afford, I can afford a hundred bucks a week. Not a big deal. When, when we look at things, yep. we, we look at the payment per month, Yep. but we also look at the terms of those payments. It's not like we're just coming from a sales background. Cause we also have fucking vacuums. Okay. Yep. All three of us. One of the things they always said was, well, what are you comfortable with? How much do you want to spend monthly? It was never how long were those months going to be for. It was, could could you afford $40 a month to give a a nice, clean uh, environment for your family? Do you care about them enough to give them a nice, clean environment? $40 a month. It doesn't matter that that's for 120 months. 
Yep. Because I don't want you to know that it's for 120 months. I just want you to know it's forty dollars a month. Forty dollars isn't that bad. Yeah. It, that's going out to eat once. Yep. Can, if you could cut back going out to eat one time, could you give In your a month? Could you give your family a safe place to live? Yep. And that's the bullshit you get with fucking salespeople. Yeah. Well, it's, it happens when you buy a car, right? It does. I, my wife had to buy a car recently. Yep. And this idiot, this is the shit that pisses me off. This idiot was basically handed a here. You're going to sell this car. It doesn't really fucking matter. They're buying. Yep. It just depends on what vehicle. And this person fucked it up every way you could fuck it up, including the terms of the goddamn loan. Yeah. And I kept texting her going, listen, bitch. And I didn't say bitch. <laughs> listen, I told you 60 months, no more. Yeah. Payments will be this, no more. Yeah. This is what it will be. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't check that. Stop not fucking checking shit. Because when you send paperwork over, it better be right. Or I'm going to be up somebody's ass. Yep. And I kept getting pissed off because paperwork was wrong three times. And a lot of people just go, ah, it's probably right. I'll just sign it. That ain't us. And I know it's not you. Yeah. No, and it's not me at all. I mean, you know, I want to know exactly what it is, how it is, when it's set. Um, which, you know, when I, so I'm going to be clear, like when I bought my first ever house, okay, mm -hmm. back <laughs> years ago, um, you know, it, it, let's just say for round numbers, it was 600 bucks. Okay. Well, the first year I pay 600 bucks and then all of a sudden, um, escrow gets redetermined. Rest, yeah. So like my, and so then it was, and then all of a sudden you're paying 720, seven, seven, yeah, 720, 715. Yeah. I was like, what the shit? Like, why did back, my payment go up? Back then I was like, man, so. But, it, you know, I'm granted. And then I bought my duplex or whatever. I think I bought that within the first year of having it. So, but like, still, so like, mine hit even worse than most people because I didn't realize you you got a tax break for mm -hmm. being the occupancy of that yes. property. Yes. I didn't know this. I was, I was young and dumb and stupid. So, like, mine technically went up to like 800 and something, right? Like, I, I went up $250, $300. I don't remember exactly how much. It was enough to make me kind of shit my pants, right? Right. I was like, "Whoa, I'm bringing in like 900 on this thing," and so I'm making like 25 bucks, and this other one, I'm breaking even. I pay utilities and stuff, yep. and, and then you start realizing, "Oh man, I well, I pay water over here. I pay these." <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a learning process. Like when I tell you, I didn't fail in the beginning. I'm very lucky and very smart. You know, I got educated. Mm -hmm. it wasn't really a mistake, but it was something that, like, hey look out for this so like when i read my numbers i'm very conservative i'm very i i plan for the worst and hope for the best right yeah. you know um insurance you know i just have a great insurance guy um you know so in i make him run my information so that way i know kind of really exactly what my payment's gonna be <laughs> you know like i get down to it i'm like hey this is exactly what i estimate and then i usually add an extra hundred bucks just in case so um you know i i tell people just just because you think you know doesn't mean you actually know, right? Well, well, and I would say, I think all three of us, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, we're all pretty conservative when it comes to looking at what bills are going to be. Right. And Mike's not there. <laughs> I didn't even look to see if he was there, but he is It was more there. fun for me. But, you know, I mean. I wondered and, why you gave me that weird look. But I, I can't say, like, when it comes to... uh when it comes to medical bills, yeah, I've never once thought, what is this payment going to be? 
I usually just get hit with a freaking huge bill. And like mm-hmm. some of my stuff has gone to care credit. So like, I feel like I never got the bill. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be my excuse. There's no excuses for things, but like, and then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, this is your payment. And then it has a grand total. And I just call and get the, the 20% off type thing. Cause I'm like, well, I'm already on payments and you have to accept whatever I give. Yeah. That was a David tip, right? It was a David they have tip. to accept whatever you're choosing to pay. Like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is what I'm paying you. If, if, if they sit there and they go, well, I'm sorry, that's just not enough. Yeah. If it ever goes to court, the judge is going to go, well, how much could you afford? Well, I could afford a hundred dollars, but they told me I had to pay three. (laughs) And I called them and I told them I could only afford a hundred and they told me to get fucked. And the judge is going to go, well, that sucks for them because now you don't have a debt. I'm saying that's right. They have, they, they, I can't guarantee that's going to happen every time, but that's, that does happen. Yes. Oh, dude. I know a lady, I know a lady who her husband had cancer and it was really bad and it lasted a long, long time. And they got half a million dollars in debt. And like, they tried coming after her stuff and yeah. doing her and she made her hundred dollar payments type thing. And the judge, and I, I swear it was like a million bucks is what she was telling me, but I don't want to over-exaggerate. Um, but she's like, yeah, I went into the judge and we're like, Hey, look, we made what we could. We made payments every time we do what we could. And the judge is like, huh, all right, so you did all this? Great. You guys want to be this? For the rest of her life, she owes you a penny a month. Or I think it's a dollar. Honestly, I really think it's a dollar. So she goes, my check is garnished every week. It might be a week. I don't remember. Every week or every month. And she goes, a dollar. And uh, for the rest of my life, out of my Social Security, out of everything, I'm garnished one dollar to wipe out that entire debt. And she goes... I don't give a shit. And she goes, because, because the hospital is coming after every part of their life. Well, I, I remember having a $3,000 loan with city financial. Yeah. An arm of city bank, an arm of JP Morgan. Yeah. Actually, I guess that's not JP Morgan. Cause that's Chase. Any, either way. Um, And I sent them $5. Cause that's what I had. Yeah. And they sent it back to me <laughs> and I did it twice. Yep. And when I filed bankruptcy, I had these checks and I remember standing in front of the, well, sitting in front of the bankruptcy uh, attorney or judge. Yep. And I handed him these two checks and he goes, what is this? And I'm like, well, I sent them these and they sent it back. And he goes, oh, so they didn't want your money. And I went, I guess not. And he goes, then I guess you don't have a bill with them because if they refused your money, that means you don't have a bill. And I went, sweet. Yep. I was I was totally happy about that. By the way, Mike, I threw you a softball question and you weren't there to answer it. Uh, what was that? We we take a look at our money or we take a look at how much our payment's gonna be before we make a purchase. And we're very conservative when we're budgeting for those things. True. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's what 33% of your income can go towards housing expense. Well, the worst part is there are a lot of people now that are like, oh my God, 50% of my income is going to housing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I sent you guys this post that somebody had made going, yeah, I'm looking for a third person to add in on my relationship because we need to have a, a thruple. thruple. Yeah. Because two people can't afford it. We need three incomes. And I figured that would come up on here. But, and, and so the only thing, it, you know, cause yes, it was a joke of like, Hey, three, three thruples or three yeah. sums are going to be more common because they're going to take three incomes to have a household and to me it's just going to lead to the exact same thing that's happening sure that's going to be normalized and people are yeah. going to happen but like when i say that like i had friends living in my house when i first bought a house right mm-hmm. like hey you can go rent that room my brother lived with me my friends live with me 
Yep, rent the room, rent the room. It, to me, it was, I didn't even know I was being a landlord at that point, right? right? It was just like, hey, I'm doing you a favor. You're, you don't know you're doing me a favor, right. but like, you know, sure, here. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to make the prices of everything go up and people will still do it. So. Well, I, I sent that picture to you guys of this is what the United States would look like if you put the wealth into yeah. the United States. And the 1% was like California through, I want to say Oklahoma all the way north. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. And then something like 9% from the northeast corner. Yeah. Yeah. It was and, it was insane. And you're sitting there looking at it going, my God, this is ridiculous. It was like 20% would own that. The bottom 20% would own that little dot at the bottom. Of the yeah. Side. Like like uh, Austin, Texas or something, right? Like just that one city. Not even, um, not even that well. I mean, this was at the border. So this is like... Yeah. Let's say, but they would own Grand Rapids, Michigan, and that's it. Right? Yeah, basically. Um, you know, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to I need to right actually now. get going. I need to go pick up my son from driver's training. Take care. All right. Have fun. So, yeah, 1% would own from California to Arizona, then up across to Minnesota. Yeah, up across, uh, it looks like to Nebraska. Yep. Iowa. Nope, that's not Iowa. So, whatever's above Nebraska. Up through Minnesota. Yep. 9% would owe the entire eastern seaboard down to... Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah. It looks like Kentucky. Arkansas. Yep. And over through Iowa, up through Michigan and Wisconsin. Yep. The bottom... 30% would own... Would own from... New Mexico. All the way over to North, North Carolina. North Carolina and Florida and... Yeah. And then this, oh, this small, small, tiny pink section at the tip of Texas would be forty percent. And then, yeah, twenty percent would own the bottom, the bottom, the bottom part of Texas. Yeah, like Q of Texas, and then a little bit inside that. Um, it, it, and just looking at that, it's like, my God, that's ridiculous. But you get it. I mean, and so you know, um, I do want to hit on this on this foreclosure. So we kind of mentioned it a little bit, right? So you're saying, hey, it's going to be from this. Okay. But the other thing is it's from is we do know and think that the economy is good. Okay. But we who? Um, we, the economy is doing well. Like the unemployment rate is the lowest. Okay, the unemployment rate is very low. So people are. But does that mean the economy is doing well? Because again, we talk about what makes the economy. Right. And that's not, it's something that they talk about. It, right. It's but that fact. really doesn't make the economy. Because again, unemployment is just people that qualify for unemployment. Right. Say <laughs> It's not people that are not employed. Not employed. Right. Um, but what, you know, what we'll say is, okay, so COVID, they had all of this relief. Yeah. Kind of like what's happening with college education. Hey, you know what? You don't have to pay. Hey, you're in a hardship cool we'll let it go so what i'm seeing is the same thing that happened in like 08 to 2010 it was a three-year process of Mm -hmm. look we're going to try to work with you we're going to try to get through it your life has changed hey let's let's do what we can a lot of people went and sold and did whatever they had to do bought different houses who knows um but what i'm finding is that you'll you'll a lot of middle management got cut out that people don't realize okay and Let's say middle management makes sixty to eighty thousand a year, maybe a hundred, right? I mean, depending. But 
Now, now they don't have that. And so now when they maybe found a different job, the chances were they probably started at that 60, like all like, so if you're making a hundred, you went down to 60, you took what you could get, but like, nobody was giving you back to where you were. I mean, yes, there's always going to be the anomalies and the people, but like, really, you didn't, you didn't go out and get it or you became a, a worker again. Right. And, um, your hourly, you know, you became an hourly and you can go work your overtime and get back to where you need to be. But, you know, um, so these people prolonged their payments as much as they can. Well, now it's catching up with people because they didn't take the steps because they thought they could, right. Oh, if I just work really hard, I can get out of this. I can do this. Like we're, we're, we're going to try really. It takes so much to get used to a half pay cut, you know, like, well, you know, we, we talk about these things off air all the time. You, you know, we're heavily taxed in the United States, but what do our taxes go for? Right. Because you look at these other countries and they have free health care and they have stipends for poor people and they have free uh, daycare and, you know, a, food assistance, all these wonderful options that they have for their uh, residents. What the fuck do we have? We have corporate welfare, but what's our taxes going to? It's not helping people that really need help. You know, we talked about it before when I was dirt ass poor and I needed a hand. They told me to get fucked because I wasn't on drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we made just enough money to get by, even though we weren't getting by. We were barely surviving. And, you know, if if we actually cared about helping people in this country, we might actually get a little bit ahead. You know, I was talking to Vanessa yesterday about her student debt. And she took out 30,000 and she owes 70 and she's been paying on it, you know, except for this pause during COVID she's been paying on it right along. Why Mm -hmm. does she owe twice as much as what she took out? Yep. You know, and when they talk about student loan forgiveness, you know, we, we fight about that on here, but they're not talking about, well, I took out $50,000 because I was going to get my degree and I just want all of that forgiven. They're talking about the people that took out $50,000 for their degree and they've been paying all along and now they owe $100,000 even though they've been making payments for 15 years. Yeah. And they've already paid back what they took out plus some interest. Why are they being penalized and and basically told, well, you're going to owe until you die? Because that's the only way that debt's going away is when they die. When you pass, right? Um, you know, I say I did a quick search on list of uh, how much government people are paid or whatever mm-hmm. um in canada you know canada which their dollar is really close to ours sure the prime minister uh your prime minister makes two hundred seventy thousand. where the president here makes 400k mm-hmm. um but if you look at other countries i mean so one of the things where our taxes go is to so many government employees just so many of them right um and other countries don't have nearly what we have for that aspect of things sure you could say they're smaller you could say this but like you know our our taxes are constantly going into and they're creating new and new jobs right it's not like they're getting rid of jobs they're creating more so that causes more money okay well then they want to pay pay increase well how do you get it right through raising taxes well again i i would say that you and i are pretty similar when it comes to if you do shady shit and you fuck up, yep. you should probably pay for that. Yep. But the banks did shady shit for the beginning of the <laughs> 2000s. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember anybody paying up. I remember us paying up yep. to bail out banks. 
And I don't exactly know why we had to support them. Because the last time I looked, if you bounced a fucking check, they charged you $30 for bouncing the check and an extra $8 every day. Plus, not only $30 for bouncing that check, $30 for everything that bounced after that. And they worked it in a way that let's say you had $50 in your account and you had 10 transactions go through and it totaled $10 and you wrote a $45 check. Mm -hmm. They put that $45 check through first and then ran everything else in the highest money amount so that you would bounce multiple things Yep. and they could charge you $30 each time you did. So instead of bouncing one thing, you bounced four Yep. and you spent $120 plus eight bucks a day. And you know, and what I find is, you're gonna see you're gonna see that crap happen all the time, right? Banks are shady, but you know the government says, "Hey, well, you wouldn't have the things you have unless the bank lent you money." Most, like most banks, are funded by their people. Credit unions are funded by yeah. Credit unions are funded by their members, right? The rest of it, right, is people that are getting wealthy, like you. I'm not going to go open a bank. I mean, trust me, I do lending, but I'm not going to lend unless I guarantee it. So like the problem that we have in America is having the ability to hear the word no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I want this good. No. The customer is always right. Right, But it's, well, that's not true. You know, no, like, it's not. and, and the most fact, of the time everybody's wrong. So like if banks started saying no, guess what? And we can't have these houses getting bought. We can't have all of this. Yeah, you could tell me until you're blue in the face, but the fact is, like, these are facts. These are t- statistics. Like, hey, if we just cut and said, hey, this is what it is, you know, um, uh, I can't think of it. What's what's the two biggest uh, FHA ones? Freddie Mac and Fannie Mac. Fannie Mac. Yeah, right. Like, if they, if they learned how to cut their stuff and just say, hey, this is the new qualifications, you go back and look at this and say, hey, how many foreclosures are we having? And if it's 1%, sure, don't fix it, right? But if we're having a higher rate of, of this, like stop, stop allowing it. When I talked to Vanessa yesterday, you know, she was asking about the peer-to-peer lending sites. Yeah. And I, I just took another hundred bucks and threw it into Prosper. There you go. And I told her what I was looking for when I look at credit worthiness of these loans that I'm going to fund. Yep. I look at A, how much revolving debt do they have? B, what are they looking for? You know, what are they going to use this money for? What is their job and how much do they make? And how many delinquencies? Right. So they may have a shitty credit score, but if they have no delinquencies and they're looking for $10,000 and they, let's say they owe 12 and they make 80,000 a year. Yeah. I'm going to take a chance on that loan because not only is it going to pay me 25 or 6%, but they're probably going to pay that because they don't have delinquencies. So I know they pay their bills. They just overextend themselves. And Looking at it from a purely shark type point of view, I'm looking to make money on this. Well, and you and I both know that the people that are using that, like, David, how would you find out about that? I would find out about that in two ways. One, I'm dead fucking broke and I need a a lifeline. Mm -hmm. Or B, I'm looking to invest. I found it because I'm looking to invest. And, And so the only way, like, you know, I, I guess maybe it's the same as I'm looking for a lifeline, but like, it's also the person that says, Hey, I have a problem. I'm going to try to fix it. And so is there something out there that can help me fix this? Right. So like, you're actually working on trying yeah. to get yourself, 
in a better position. Right? And you don't necessarily want to take another credit card. Right. Or, I, I, I can't tell you that take a loan. I can't tell you that the people that are on there, because I don't think that the average, I don't know how to say it politically, right? Like um, the average cash person, cash business owner that is doing this is hopping onto this type of a thing, right? Where they can't track any, any credits and they can't, you know, yeah, there's going to be some people that are going to scam and do whatever they can, right? Because they're like, hey, my credit's hurt and I don't care. But like, really, it's going to be the people that are trying to do this. And in there, right, there's a little bio about them. Like, hey, this is what it is. Exactly. No delinquencies, right? So like you're paying your bills. You're just, yeah, you bought something stupid and it's too high of an interest and you want to just try to refi. It. Yeah, you want to get rid of these things. Yep. Or you had a, a payment come up that you didn't know. Home improvement's a big one on there. Yep. You know, like when I needed a new roof. I looked into a HELOC because you and I talked and you're like, yeah, looking to take a HELOC. And a HELOC was going to be like three and a half percent. Yep. And I finally just went to my kid and I'm like, listen, if I borrow 12,000, I'll pay you the 3%. Can I borrow the money from you? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So I paid her the 3% instead. I saved myself a half percent. Yep. And I technically paid her more than I needed to because I paid it as if I took it out for three years, but I only needed it for two. Sure. See, and, and that's... I wouldn't have, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, but granted, you're just investing her money for her anyway, right. so it's not like it's a big deal. But had it been, you know, had it been from me to you, I would not have, I would not have expected it yeah. to be for the full three. You might have done it as like, hey, I told you it was going to be three. If we wrote in a contract, hey, no matter what, three years, I, don't, I hope you pay it early, right? But like, or, but you know, mine's usually written as, hey, guaranteed this amount of rate everything else after that that's that's my profit well and I, I told vanessa with my every loan i funded on prosper all of them have paid off early all of them yeah you and know. there's no penalty to do it i mean they just pay it off early and i make less money well because i think a lot of what happens is okay so you're not in the credit problem i mean you might have been in the spot but like so if you ever go buy a, sh- if you're really in shitty credit for anybody listening, okay. So when you go try to buy a car, they're going to get you for like 22% interest, mm-hmm. 25% interest, right? Um, car city, uh, best buy used cars, best buy used cars, right? If they're, you're in Grand Rapids, you know, these companies, yeah, like right. They're going to, Oh man, well, JD by rider. We can get you financed to come on down, right? Like if you're guaranteed approval, you're going to be getting, yeah. but, and it's only, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to sell you a 1997 Mercury Sable for 12,000 bucks. It's got 190,000 miles on it, but you'll go down the road. Wait, but if you make your payments of six months, maybe a year, we're going to bring you back and we're going to get you refinanced and you'll make your payment for another six months. And we can get you into a different car with lower rate. Wait, you're going to trade in that 97 Sable? Man, that thing's worth 600 bucks. Oh, you still owe 13,000. Tell you what, I'll roll that over into this. Now that your interest rate's only 18%, 14%, you can afford more cars, so you're fine. And not only that, we're not going to charge you monthly. Yeah, We're going to charge you weekly. Weekly. It's only $120 a week. Yep. You can afford $120 a week. That's nothing. Yeah. I say. But Four, nobody's sitting there doing the math going, 480 Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm paying $500 for a fucking 20-year-old car. The reason I say this about a 97, so this is a tr- this happened yeah. to my family member. I was driving around a 97 Mercury Sable, and I was like, man, 
I have all of those parts on that car warranty. Let's go take a look at that one. Yeah. It literally was $12,000. And I told the person, I was like, dude, just buy mine for fucking 12 grand. I'll tell you, I'll sell it to you for six, right? Because right. like I was selling them off market, right? For like, I don't know, three grand, right? Because like I'd buy them for dirt cheap. And I, I went through seven between four Tauruses and Mercury Sables. My wife and I drove seven of them, okay? And I promise you, I had every part of that thing warrantied, right? Like brakes, shocks, all of it. And uh, <laughs> say that those, and I was like, that blew my mind. And I was like, no, screw that. I would rather go pay cash for a car and have you pay me back. Yeah. At, you know, because I was like, and then and they ended up with a Grand Prix and it was decent rates type thing. And it was a much better car type, had less than a hundred thousand. It was still high interest. And I was like, the interest is on you, but the actual car value was kind of better because, you know, it was newer. Um, and, and this is back in like 2010. So I think this was like a 2002, 2003 Grand Prix. I don't yeah. remember. So it wasn't that old. And it was, you know, but this was like kind of fair, but like the interest rate was like, I'm like, dude, that, that's on you. We can go pay cash, but I don't want to because. I you haven't you screwed me over on a different payment before, and I don't have that money sitting right. around right now. I remember, say, I remember not having seven grand in my my bank account. Now I'd probably ship myself. Well, I remember like JD Buy Rider was big with this. Yeah. Send out the postcards, and you win. You know whatever's on the postcard, and they were so stupid. And I'm 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 just calling it like it is. They were so stupid. The smallest prize on their postcard was a five dollar bill. Yeah. So you'd take in the postcard and you win something, but the least you would get is a $5 bill. Yeah. And I did that two or three times. And they're like, but don't you want to look at a car? I'm like, no, no. I just want my five bucks. $5. I'm here literally just for the $5. Mm-hmm. Tell me that's what I won. Hand me a $5 bill and I'll be out of your hair. Yep. And they would get so pissed. They only did it two or three times. And then they got rid of that. And it was, you know, at that point, it was like a, a reading flashlight or some shit, you know, yeah. you know, that way you can read in the dark. Yeah. I don't want your fucking give me the five dollars. Yep. <laughs> That's the only reason I come here. Yep. No, and and so but you know, so I guess getting back to it is you know, when you look at when you look at where we're headed with all of the the foreclosures that are gonna be happening, I mean they are starting to happen, right? Yeah. Um, so being a real estate investor, um I I just, I have more knowledge because I've taught myself and learned. There are actual, so all bank information, as much as you think, this isn't a HIPAA fucking thing, okay? Mm -hmm. I could go figure out everything about you, David. Yes. Like, it's not protected at all. In any way, shape, or form, right? Within within a few dollars type, it doesn't matter, right? But like, I could tell you how much you owe on your house. I can get this information. How much do I want to dig? How much do I actually yeah. care? Well, I can also say, hey, there's a pre-foreclosure kind of out there. I can pull a list that says, hey, you're 45 days behind on payments. Guess what? You're struggling, right? So I can go and say, hey, let me see what I can do to help this, right? I can also pull and say, hey, you, you're over the age of 60. You've lived in your house for 30 years and your house is paid off. I can pull that. Hey. Are, and I'm going to call you, hey, real estate investor, uh, I'm interested in purchasing another house. Have you ever thought about selling? 90% of them, no. Have, well, you know, we were talking about it. Great. Where do you, do you want to go to Florida? 
where, where, where are you headed? Are you going to Arizona? Are you a Florida or Arizona kind of person? Right. That's where sales Nick comes into right. play. Right. Um, but at that point you're selling a dream hundred percent or, or, you know, or it, well, you know, we got so much crap. We just don't even, we don't even know where to start with this. Tell you what, what if I made this really, well, what do you mean? Make it easy for me. Look, I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna give you a cash offer. Okay. Full cash. And, uh, the best thing I'm going to do for you, because you don't, you have so much crap. Why don't you, we'll walk around together. You put a little uh, sticky note on the things that are the most important to you. And I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you take those. Okay. And then everything else that you don't want, you guys can move it to the basement, move it to the living room. I don't care. Just That's leave the it stuff for me. I'm going to take care of. You'll do that. Hell yes. All day. I'll do that for you. Oh, that'd be amazing. Cause we've, you know, 30, 30 years in here and we've just, we've got so much shit. My husband never throws anything away. Yes, ma'am. You're talking to my wife here in about 20 years, right? Husband never throws anything away. And I was like, trust me. When I drop dead, my wife's going to call you and you're going to be like, oh, I know he wouldn't get rid of anything. You can leave all those boxes of paper. I will take all of them. All of it. Right. And say, um, you know, but it's just figuring out what they, what they need. Right. So, and again, my point is, is I can find information. Okay. There, there's nothing hidden in this world, right? I mean, for the most part, you can hop on Zillow and see what somebody bought a house for. Yeah, you know, um, you know, so just, just know, you know, and my, my stack of foreclosures has been on a weekly basis. Let's just say, just in a small little area that I'm looking, I'm gonna say roughly 15 to 20 a week. So that's 80 a month that are in pre-foreclosure, right? Um share of sales, which is a foreclosure process. You have six months to redeem aspect. Um, I'm seeing sheriff sales happen every week. They're they're firing off. People are getting foreclosed because once the once the gavel goes down and says sold, that's a foreclosure. Okay, that's officially when it happens. Um, you know, I try to get to people before that happens so that way they can go get financed that way they can go do anything you know i made a post about it like hey i'm here to help because yeah you might be screwed on this little deal but you don't need to be screwed in forever and you know things to help people that are like oh that's predatory no 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 no, no. it's helping right the other thing i do is let's say you're getting towards that share of sale date great let's close this before then you don't have it here's what i'm gonna do did i get it at a discount you're, you bet your sweet ass i did okay but I'm going to let you stay there for a month, two months, right? I, I, I don't know the most I've ever given anybody. It doesn't fucking matter. But, you know, I'm going to give you time. Get their affairs in order. You know what? Here, now you have the money. You're, you're moving out in month two. Go find an apartment. Go buy a different house. Go do whatever you got to do. The fact is you're still approved for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Go, go get your life together. And I'm going to give you the time to do it. Oh, man, really? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, that's why I can do what I do, right? Because I'm, I'm, yes. Am I going to make money? Yes. That's the benefit of it. I'm also there to help, right? Well, one of the things that led us into this conversation today was Elon Musk basically saying that commercial real estate is dying and, and residential real estate's not far behind it. And, you know, I wanted to delve into that for a minute. So, you know, ever since COVID, companies have figured out that I would say roughly 70% of their work can be done from home. And workers aren't willing to necessarily commute an hour, two hours into a job anymore. I know for me, 
I've been fully remote for since 2011. So that's 12 years. Um, I, it's a 30 minute drive for me into the office. That's an hour a day. That's five hours a week. I'm not looking to give up five hours out of my week to sit in a car. I'm just not. And then to get into an office so somebody can stare at me and decide if I'm actually working or not really working very hard. I, I don't need that in my life. So I basically said, I'll never work in an office again. I, I'm one of these Gen Xers that, you know, is, is very much, you know, even though I'm old, I'm very much younger than, than what I portray because the younger workers are like, yeah, that, that's bullshit. I'm not doing that. No. See, and I'm complete opposite. Right? Yeah. I'm you're very, you're old. very old and you don't mind going places. No. And, and, and I will, right. Like, um, yeah, and, well, you know, and, and we, so these business, these buildings aren't being used. Well, and especially in the big cities. Oh, correct. So they have, you know, these huge office buildings that have, you know, let's say 80 floors and they're 75% empty and mayors are like, well, you have to come, you know, bring your employees back to work mm -hmm. because they have to justify the costs on those big ass buildings. Yep. Now in Grand Rapids, not as big of an issue. I mean, if I lived in Chicago, I would fully expect whatever job I have is probably going to tell me you need to drive your ass back into the office, realizing it's going to be a two, two and a half hour commute. Yeah. And at that point, I'm probably going to find a new job that's not in Chicago. And, and you know, when you look at this, and I thought about it the other day, because I'm, because I'm me, it's, it's, it's a difference. Okay, so who's on the top? The top floor, the 80th floor, overlooking everything. Yeah, it's the CEOs. And... Okay. And then you have below that, right? So, like, every tier below it is, sure, so you have a secretary of these people. But, like, mm -hmm. the lower you are, the the lower you pay you are, right? I mean, this is straight up a pyramid <laughs> that happens to be. But when you're working from home, who are you competing with? Nobody, right? Like, you don't know who's above you. You don't. And, sure, there's people who need that social interaction like me. But the fact is, is, right, like, you're going to be just as productive because you're going to do your job and you're going to, and the companies, what I think they're, they're realizing, because we see it a lot in TikToks and we see it in things. Well, Hey, Jan's gone. Can you cover this? Well, now you can't ask that because they're not in the office. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, Oh, Hey, and sure. An email can go out. Hey, just let you know, your counterpart's not going to be here. I'm going to need you to do this, this. Okay, great. Or, Hey, no, I don't know how to do that. I'm not, I, I wasn't trained on this. Right. Good managers can handle that. Like when I tried to die two years ago, Christy can't do 100% of what I do, but she can do 80% of it. She's going to be out in a couple of weeks for her son's surgery. Yeah. I can't do 100% of what she does, but I can do 90% of it. Yep. And and so, you know, you look at it and say, hey, so a lot of people say, oh, my production has gone up. Look, yep, your numbers will say this. I don't know where the hell you're pulling your numbers from because God knows I don't know. I, I mean, granted, it's one of the reasons I quit a job because they started making me write down what I did all day and every day. And oh my God, when we were in the office, we had to do that all the time. No, no thanks. Right. Like if you want to micromanage me, I'm not going to fucking micromanage myself. Right. <laughs> I would, I was literally one of the people that would go, it took me 25 minutes today to write down all the dumb shit I did. No. So like, honestly, at the end of all of my excerpts, I'd be like, Oh, I jumped on my high low. Oh, I put the high-low in drive. I fastened, or, you know, I fastened my seat, but I put the high-low in drive. I turned my lights on. I honked my horn. I looked backwards. I went into the thing. I grabbed a skid. I set the skid down. Malicious compliance. Oh, 100%. And then I, and then I, like, at the end of it, I'd write, oh, took three minutes to write the last six things. Yeah. 
now back to what the, what I do the next one. And then like, hey, you don't have to write that. You could just write, you know, high low for this amount of time. No, 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 no. You asked me what the fuck I did. No, 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 no. We're not going to be generic. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you literally everything. Well, so and then the next day, right? So they're like, oh, you're going to do this. So they're like, you could just write this. So I handed in a fucking paper and I got my ass chewed for it. And on it, I just wrote worked and just handed the fucking <laughs> thing in. And they're like, why, why are you being difficult? And I was like, I'm not, you're being difficult. You gave this to me. Can you pop your head out of the office and see that I'm fucking doing my job? Well, we just want to know what you're doing. Can you pop your head out of your office? Has anybody said the fucking job isn't done? And like, I would say fuck to my bosses. Like right. I, I always was the person that like, wouldn't, like, if you're going to question me, you better have fucking answers too, because yeah. I'm going to ask back. This wasn't a fucking one-sided thing. And so, you know, I just got so fed up with it. I was like, I don't fucking need this. Have a good day. Bye. And walked out. And uh, it, was, it was a great day of my life. But yeah, the first one was just so fucking detailed. Second one was just worked. Just one line right, right in the middle. I remember the last boss that I had issues with. Yeah. I made her cry. Not because I was mean, yeah. not because I cursed, but because I, for 28 minutes, I told her how ineffective of a boss she was. Nice. And I was very nonchalant about the whole damn thing. Yeah. And after 28 minutes, she was in fucking tears because she was a shitty boss. And I detailed it in such a way that there could be no confusion. There could be no argument. It was just, wow, I really do suck at this. <laughs> And that was the last time anybody tested me at work because I know what I'm doing yep. and I'm really fucking good at it. So you can sit there and try to micromanage me all you want, but it's probably not going to work out the way you think it is. That was my favorite. And, you know, I am a fan, especially if I own a business, I want the employee, but um, you know, there, there's, if you, if you have, if you have time to do whatever you have time to sweep yeah, or you have time to wipe down counters or whatever, and I realized I wasn't hired for that. Right. So like I didn't know that this was a thing that people like, Oh, they, they say that shit all the but time. But like now, like I like, but I just did that, right? I'd go sit on the computer. Nick, what are you doing? I'm searching Zillow. Is that what we do during work hours? That we don't. I do. Like right. I mean, I I don't think anybody else here owns fucking more than one house. Like and well, go sweep, go do why there's a guy that hops on a fucking zamboni and drives around yeah but we shouldn't make it his job but that's literally his job like what are you talking about you you can't be doing that what what does that say to all the other employees that they didn't do their job fast enough like what do you want me to say like i'm even more efficient than they are they should learn how to work like nick so right like here's here's a little side thing so i'm in i'm in high school and I somehow got with like three of my best friends in the same class. Yeah. Okay. Like that is a fucking problem for this teacher. He ended up being a really awesome teacher. Um, but we're standing up and I'll just, I'll give names and he'd be like, all right, we're going to talk about grades. Let me know if you don't want to hear your grade out loud. All right, Ryan. Yep. 26% F Zach. Yep. 26% F James. 12% F Nick. Yeah. 86%. Like, like, what are you doing? And I was like, dude, you think I talk to them, but I do because like, I just get my fucking work done and then talk. Right. They just talk. And I'm like, I know how to do my shit. And then really like, 
there's a rule with my family because we're all kind of hands-on people or whatever you don't crack a beer while you're working on stuff you crack a beer when you're done working and people oh you're you drink blah blah blah. no if i'm done working you'll know because i have a beer in my hand like sure have i cracked a beer while doing a tire yeah that tire change probably took me 16 hours to fucking do but if i actually have to get out and nascar this thing i'm not cracking a beer and doing this i'm doing the damn job and getting it done with so um yeah people don't understand i just do my job we're going to talk about what kind of assholes you and i are and i'm going to i'm going to tell you a first grade story i'm in first grade i'm taking a math test in mrs hawk's class okay and i wrote down all the answers i did none of the math mind you it was like you know eight plus twelve and I'd write down five. Yeah. What I just wrote down answers on the entire test. I got the test done in like under two minutes. Yeah. It was record time. And she never gave it back to me. She called my mother. <laughs> and she showed my mother. Yeah. And my mother looked at it and she brought it to me and she goes, David, what did you do? And I said, I answered the questions. She goes, but they're all wrong. Me, mm-hmm. being a six-year-old smartass, I know I know how to add. You know I know how to add. The teacher knows I know how to add. Why do I have to do it? This is stupid. Yeah. And my mother looks at me and goes, I know how to save that man's life. You know I know how to save that man's life. I'm just going to leave him sitting there. And I go, Mom, that, that's not right. You can't do that. She goes, right. Just like you can't just sit there and write down anything you want to write down. Take the test, do it the right way, and get the right answers. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, I'm a little asshole at six, and I'm like, I know how to do this, and everybody else knows I know how to do this. Why do I have to prove it? Yep. Because I was very analytical back then, too, and I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah. Everybody knows 8 plus 12 is 20. Why do I have to write it down? Yep. Fuck you. My, I, I say my brain didn't think that way because it was like, you always said, that, hey, show your answer. Show how you got the work. What? Like, okay, how do I draw my head with a big thing that says thinking all right eight two that equals ten zero put that out 20 right like what the fuck like no how did like i can't draw that like right i I just know that okay like that's how i know that was me with algebra i didn't know how to to get to any answers they were just right knew the answers yeah and and my teachers would be like well you have to show your work i don't know how yeah what do you mean you don't know how I don't know how. I just know that's the answer. Again, here's a head. Here's a little yeah. loop thing. Brain spinning and boom. That's the worst yeah. part when you have intelligent people. Yeah. Because they know what they're doing, but they don't necessarily want to do it your way. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I, I know we've tangented quite a bit, but um, to me, what I see happening again, I just want to reiterate yeah. with this real estate market. I really think that we're going to see a settle. Okay. Will there be opportunities to buy cheaper properties? Sure. But like, they're still going to be valued at what they're like. We're not going to get the 50 cents on the dollar right now. Right. We're not going to get these banks to do short sales necessarily because things are still appraising at these Mm -hmm. amounts. Okay. So sure. Foreclosure will happen. Sheriff sale will happen. They'll take whatever they choose for that. And, you know, so if you have cash, go, go do that. But like, otherwise you're going to, you're going to really just pay what it's going to get listed. Right. And then 
offers will come in at that point. But yeah, if you're looking at a two hundred thousand dollar house, you're not getting it for one fifty. I mean, you might get it for one ninety five, right? You, know, you might get it for two ten. And so, you know, and, and they're gonna, you know, the reason things are sitting right now is because of people like you. Okay, mm-hmm. so the people, the people who just said, "Hey, I don't want to buy right now." I also don't know how to fix a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll, and so then they go in and they're going to be like, okay, Hey, this place needs some work. Okay, great. Now I can get it for 200 and I'll just live with it with, with stupid shit going on. But, you know, really you're, you're not going to see, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that type like, right. you know, if it needs a crap ton of work, a flipper is going to get it for 50 cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. you know, 10 cents on the dollar, whatever it is. So, um, you know, I, I just think that I think that right now we're in this let's wait again, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing I said when we were going into June, right? If the debt ceiling didn't get taken care of, then we'll be concerned. There is foreclosures happening. So, yes, is there things that you can get? And everybody, oh, I want to buy a foreclosure. But you have to be the first person. You have to hope that it's not in a hot area to buy a foreclosure because when the bank puts it on the market, it goes in the market. Everybody has the opportunity. Yeah. Sure, your bidding wars will happen. And again, are you, how much work are you willing to put into these? Because you know, I I haven't really heard of too many malicious foreclosures so far. Knock on wood. But you know, well, talk about that. What is a malicious foreclosure? Well, I mean, you know, these people when they were losing everything, right? They got angry, so they they poured concrete down toilets they poured concrete down their sinks they stole all the fixtures like dude fucking pulled out copper pipes right like and scrapped them i can scrap the electrical wire Mm -hmm. like they just put holes in wall Mm -hmm. you know i did a photo of one and every back of the toilet was broken and i think it was a three-bedroom house i was like what like how do you break all of them how do you Mm -hmm. and you just right you have so think about your the, the drunken rage that some of these people have like they literally just go out and hey let's just party it up right and everything broken windows and you know so then they don't realize because they didn't sign a personal guarantee so hey yeah i have a four hundred thousand dollar house and now the bank has to sell it for 150 good luck getting that money good luck with your next purchase right, right. like if you're smart you did it after you already bought your next house and they can't do anything about it but there's there's so many different things well i i had somebody that i worked with that moved yep to a different state and this was not long after the crash and they couldn't sell their house for what it was worth yep and they already had a house in the new state yep. so they just let the bank take right. it because they didn't give a shit yep and I, I had a guy i worked with exact same thing he's like yeah we're just gonna let that one go i hate the area i hate it, whatever and i was like some shady shit but we were like, gonna do that with Aunt Sue's house really yeah we were letting it go and the only reason we didn't is because matt came to us and he's like hey I'll land contract. yeah would you let me buy Aunt Sue's house on a land contract and we were like yeah but you gotta bring the payments up to date now because at that point she was like two months behind yeah because we didn't care we were just letting it go yep well and that's and see and that's the purchases that i do right mm-hmm. the people that are two months behind i step in and say hey great yep i'll write this check right now you have to sign this that says it's mine right yep. um and, and that's exactly what i do right so i do the same thing that matt did except for matt's living in it right yeah we'll see and at that point we didn't care because she was dying yeah i mean if you would have come to us and said hey i'll give you what it's you know you owe on it yep. which at the time was like ninety six thousand. we said okay we would have been like yeah have it see and i 
Right, and that, that was a trailer in the middle of nowhere with some land. Yeah, it was a modular on property, and you couldn't deed the actual building because it was a modular. Yeah. So there's no deed to the building. There's just a deed to the land. Right. So it's it was a nightmare for her to even get financed for in the first place, which is why Matt's doing a land contract. Yep. So... Um, and so I guess what's your, what's your opinion? I mean, what do you, what do you think that the real estate market's going to turn to? What, it, what is it doing? I mean, I think we're going to see a little bit of flatness here. It's probably going to go down a percent or two from where it's been. Sure. I, I don't think it's going to be anything drastic like 2008, 2009. I think that, you know, yeah, we'll see some foreclosures, but for the most part, you know, the economy's not terrible right now. I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. Inflation's come down for the last 12 months, every month. Yep. Um, the The problem we have is, you know, everything is just so expensive because of the corporate greed. So I, I think that, yeah, we're in a cooling off period, but for the most part, people are still going to buy houses. Oh, yeah. That's not going to change. It's not like 2008 or 2009. They're still able to get fine. I mean, people yeah. are working, right? Um. People are eight, pe- people are working and they're able to get financed. Yeah. Back then you weren't able to. Um, well, you know, you know, we talk about movies every once in a while on here, you know, we talk about trading spaces because we are trading places because we love it so much Yeah, and how that will really teach you, you know, how the market works and, and buying things on, um, margin. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, if you want to see a great housing movie, the big shorts phenomenal for explaining the 2008 crash, um, seen it many, many times it really kind of breaks down, you know, what the banks were doing and, and what the government did to bail them out. Um, I don't think we're seeing, going to see anything catastrophic. I, I, I'm not sure you and I will live through another great recession like we did in 2008. I think we'll have small recessions like we did in the eighties and, you know, early nineties. It's always going to ebb and flow, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess we're talking about real. So what I what I'm seeing in rentals currently, mm-hmm. not much is changing. Right, mm-hmm. things are still filling. I, you know, areas aren't going up as much, but I think areas have gotten to that up part already. So like, our low is going to come later, right? It's going to take quite a bit to get there. So. I don't want to put dates on it, but I mean, we're talking over a year or yeah. we're talking because, Hey, you know, oh, 2,500 for this place. Look, sure. Now they've not 25. Yeah. It didn't happen or it did happen. And, or it was, it took that landlord four months to rent it for 2,500 and they mm-hmm. found the great person. Well, you know, when things kind of go, sure. Now they're just going to list it for 23. If I just said 24, like 23, it'll go faster. They're like, you know what? A hundred bucks isn't worth my, four months worth of waiting i could guarantee it at 23 get it gone within the month i've now saved myself 7200 dollars, right uh and that's what people don't understand they think like hey it's just no you got to feel it out and see what see what it's going to do sure some people are like hey i have to get this but like really you know even if you're at 22 i mean again we're saving ourselves 7200 dollars from having it sitting yeah so we know like kind of we're thinking, hey, we pushed, pushed, pushed. We they they pushed, 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 and and they're gonna see, hey, this is where we are, right? So when it comes to real estate, uh rentals, I, I really think you're gonna start seeing 
uh, an area, like if you, if you know an area, you're, you're kind of going to know your numbers of where you're going to be. You're not going to see this one get rented for 25 and the next person go for 32, right? Because some I, I tell people, some asshole is going to do it for 32 because they really want to be there. Right. And there's one available there. Now you're going to start seeing, hey, you know what? It took a little time. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm fine with just getting three grand. I'm fine with getting 28, like whatever it is. So I, I just think you're going to see this mellow across the whole time. Well, I mean, we see that in every facet of business. Like yeah. Dawn just dropped prices here. Yeah. So she decided for the summer that there's no increased price on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, you pay $10 more per package on Friday and Saturday. Oh, do you? Not in the summer. It's just going to be Thursday or Sunday through Thursday pricing. Yep. Which, you know, that's great if you're looking to save some money. And we do that because we're not as busy in the summer. People don't want to be inside. Well, dude, I mean, every bowling alley does it, right? Right. I mean, I was very proud of the i just seen a bowling alley like hey if you want to come in and get some practice from this time till close and it was like eight hours of bowling like eight bucks yeah just come on in and do it i was like man like that's what it is because that's awesome you go to a bowling alley and it's like four or five bucks a game and you're like dude (laughs) if you're it's different when you're and that's that's the whole thing that people understand is like when you go you go well one maybe two games yep when i as a bowler go you're there for hours right i'm working on so much i'm gonna bowl bare minimum on bowling is probably like four to ten games right like how many lanes usually so usually two but i'm fine with taking up one when i'm just going to practice i'm fine with taking up one well and i remember having a daughter of the bowl she would go to softball practice sunday morning and then she'd go to the bowling alley and she had to rent two lanes because she needed to play that pattern on each lane yep and that was to me i'm i'm like that's crazy and she's like no 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 this is what I have to do to get better. And I just trusted her. And she was right. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're bowling, you're never bowling on the same lane. Right. You don't just bowl on 12. No. You might bowl on 11 and 12. When you're, when you're, when you're competition bowling. Yeah. When, and if you're in a huge tournament, mm-hmm. you might bowl on 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah, yeah. and then go back to one. Yeah. You'll bowl it all. These things happen. So you need to play the pattern on everything. And it's the same thing in you know business or in housing you have to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. if you want to do it intelligently if you want to do it you know in a way that will benefit you because again in sports we're looking what will benefit us what makes us better i mean every sport right every sport technology is coming in right like golf balls are being driven farther than they ever have because golf balls are being created different drivers are being created different i mean clubs club faces everything they're, they're pushing all the limitations on this right lighter weight heavier all this type of stuff is happening um you know you can set your club up to help you draw the ball for you yeah. know there, there's so many things that you can do uh bowling right cover stocks all, all that you know um swimming right i mean they came up with a, a freaking hair uh a hair thing right i mean lightweight swimsuits that have the water flow through it a heck of a lot better so when we drag everything everything that's out there right i i have an oculus you know what an oculus is, is that the, uh, it, the it's a vr machine yeah there you go um i have an oculus you can have a worth say game but an app that will simulate hitting yeah where you can sit there and you know hit off a live pitching with a fucking vr machine yeah and you can get a thousand swings in in your living room. And I, those are things when my kid played that 
that was like in Star Trek. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that that shit didn't happen. But that's where we're getting to nowadays. I mean, technology is is furthering everything. Yep. You know, and it's it's helped finances so much. If you're paying attention and and you want a great amount of information, it's a literally at your fingertips all the time. I mean, you're sitting there with your phone in front of you right now. All the information is at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking at Caitlin's investments today. And something I bought for her, it I, I don't remember what it was, but I bought it during the pandemic. Yep. And I want to say I bought like five stocks and it's gone up like $900. It's insane. And I'm like, holy shit, that was a great buy. Yep. And literally, I all I did was research high dividend paying stocks. And that's one of the ones I bought for. And i just think sir uh yeah my stocks are doing very well yeah right well right now we just had i want to say the s p has now entered a bull market okay which it was the last index to enter i think it was the s p um so i mean we're at a point where stocks are going up yep, which means people are having some money to spend right? yep they're um, confident in the dollar and they're gonna invest yep and of course i mean right um you know and so i guess was there any other questions that you had on on real estate um specifically no i think we had a lot of great information here i mean we did go off on some tangents but you know it was applicable tangents i would say yeah you know and again we're not we're not uh i don't know if you can be a certified real estate expert yeah. i think that's called a realtor but they're probably say uh, but like, I, I'm not telling people to go buy things. I'm not telling you that like, just be educated on your purchases. Right. Um, if you're feeling, Hey, this is going to cost me too much. Don't, don't take that risk because, you know, don't think your house is going to appreciate. And, and I've, I've said this since I was in the beginning, mm -hmm. don't count on appreciation ever. Even, even though houses were going up, I never counted on appreciation. It's one of the, I, I guess I say that, but like the house I, I'm officially closing on Thursday, right? Like you can call it appreciation. It I didn't get my, I got what I thought I was going to get, which broke my heart because right. like I watched everybody else around me getting it, you know, getting the appreciation. Like don't count on it. Don't do whatever. Like I'm sure I'm, I'm not upset by it. I'm just not happy about it. Right. Like, I'm not going to walk out of there and go, Hey, I'm going away for a month. <laughs> well, again, when Caitlin was looking at a house, I remember talking to Scotty and I'm like, what if the market crashes? And and he said to me specifically, all right, when did you buy your house? I said, well, I bought my house in 2007. And he goes, well, the market crashed. What did you do? Well, I paid my mortgage because that's what you do. And it's not, my money situation didn't change because we were in a recession. I mean, yeah, I, my money didn't go quite as far as it did before, but I'd already done all the numbers. I knew I could make my mortgage every month. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. I was just going to keep paying my mortgage as it was written. And when we were looking for a place for my daughter, he goes, okay, so she buys a place. Let's say the market crashes. What's she going to do? Well, she's going to pay her, her mortgage. He goes, then again, I don't know why you care so much because if the market crashes, you guys aren't looking to sell right now. It's not something where you need to get out of it. You're going to keep paying your mortgage. And when you don't want to pay that mortgage anymore, hopefully you're in a spot where you can sell it for way more than what you owe on it. And, and I mean, with her, she's paid down a decent amount of her mortgage right now. I mean, you know, I 
I bought my house in 2007 at 132,000. It's, I think I owe about 85,000 on it now, you know, and I, I had refied to a 15 year mortgage, right? Tail end of the pandemic, you know, tail end of 2020. And I'll have that 15 year paid off in probably 11 or 12 because I don't want to keep that loan or anything. And, and again, you know, it, 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 it always goes back to with us. If you know what type of investor you are, you've already looked at these scenarios, you know what you're going to do. So you're not necessarily looking to, you know, like Nick said, buy a house for 10 cents on the dollar and, and flip it later. You're, Hey, I'm going to buy this house. I can afford this on it. And hopefully I can sell it for more than what I'm paying for it later. You know, with him, obviously that's his goal for a lot of his houses, but if not, he knows he can rent them and make that money up in that aspect. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this question because you are an investor. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say we're above average investors. Yeah, I would say. Okay. Why are you not taking your money and investing it in the stock market? Or So instead of overpaying on the 15 year, why are you not taking that extra money and investing it somewhere else? So that's a great question. My wife has asked me that before. So if I wanted a real return on my investment, instead of throwing those extra payments in, I would be putting them in, in something, even if it was a uh, CD right now at 4%, because my mortgage is 2.785. true. So I'm making over a percent on that money if I just threw it into a CD. And it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. I'm sitting there, I know what type of investor I am. And I'm the type of investor that at age 55, I don't want a mortgage. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 45 right now. By the time I'm 55, there will be no mortgage. That's 800, well, it won't be 800. It'll be $600 because of course my escrow's in there. $600 that I'm not putting out every month that I can put into something else, whether it be a different vehicle or whether it be home improvements or whether it be vacations. Yep. I want to get rid of that payment because I don't want to be saddled with $600 every month going to pay for a house. So yes, I could make more money if I invested it, but I want to get rid of this before I worry too much about my investment. Well, see, and that's, I'm, I'm a lot the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. Like I have my numbers in my future figured out. So it's like, Hey, I already know kind of what I'm investing. And then I have these, which is guaranteed debt. Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee. I mean, sure. A CD, I can guarantee it's going to make some money. I mean, but I know that this is going to save me or this is going to cost me. So I already have this. I might as well focus on this, right? I, I'm already doing all the rest of it to set myself up for the numbers I want to be at. And that's why I don't do the amount of investing I, I should be doing, yeah. right, in theory. Because um, I tell everybody right now, shit, every penny you have should be going into CDs. Every penny. I mean, 4%. Guaranteed. It's 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 what everybody dreams of. Mm -hmm. Just throw it into CDs, right? I just saw one, and I actually might fucking do it. I won't. Um, somebody was offering a five-year, four percent guaranteed CD. Yeah, that's great. Five years. Okay. Now, if you're uh in the fire movement, if you're doing whatever, like four percent, if you take the draw off of it, like that's what you're supposed to live off. Of. So, in theory, right now. For five years, if I sold everything, I would make more money than what I'm making currently if I sold everything, yeah. right? I I should do this. Everything says I should do it. But I also know that like when things are paid, then I'll make more money. But, right. But it's just getting to that point sucks. It does. 
again, if you know what type of investor you are and what you're comfortable with, yeah. my HSA, I, I took 2000 and invested it in the HSA investment option. Yep. And right now it's sitting at 1900 bucks. Now I don't have a high deductible health plan anymore. So the money just sits in there. I can't do anything with it. I, I can withdraw it whenever I want, right. but I put 2000 into it and it went down. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting for it to get over 2000 and then I will take it out because I don't need the money right now. But until then, until yeah. then, I'm not, I'm not taking a hundred dollar loss on my money. Right. And, uh, you know, cause so that's the whole thing. I'm setting myself up to not need anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just, and that's what I, people ask that all the time. Well, why are you not making the smart decision? Look, there's, there's a difference between being perfect, smart, and we also have to understand that we're human, mm -hmm. right? If I put it into a robot, the robot would say, take every penny and put it over to here, mm -hmm. right? This is, you know, hey, these are your guaranteed odds, right? You're guaranteed to make 1.5% more doing this. Nothing about it is is ever going to change that. And so, well, you know, and granted, it'll do a whole calculation because it will say 2%. Because now if you're only putting 500 into a CD, are you pay? Are you getting more interest? Yes, it's 4% on the 500. But if you overpay that 500 off of the X amount that you owe, will it change that interest? Um, you know, everybody will say, hey, oh, do the biweekly payments on a mortgage. I don't because that means I'd have to write fucking checks twice. I do because I don't write any checks. Well, it's a, right? it just pulls it directly out, which is fine. I, I, you know, I, I don't have mine set up that way. I've never taken the time and I'm fine with it. Right. Like, because this is what works for me. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything. Absolutely. Right. We are living proof. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we make mistakes. Or we, you know, we understand who we are as investors or we understand who we are as people. This is what's best for me. And I'll tell you, if, if you think living your life on, I'm going to spend 33% of my income on a house because my wife and I will never get divorced. My wife will never get cancer and pass away. My kid will never get in a car crash. Like I am not a hypothetical person because those statements piss me off in the first place. But like, I don't do hypotheticals. That's one thing people don't understand about me, right? My daughter's getting really into this would you rather type thing, but like hers is just more, hey, would you want to be a horse or a unicorn? <laughs> Which is fine. But like, I don't do the hypothetical things. Um, but my brain does, if that makes any sense. Worst case scenario. My brain says, this yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, I've made it. If right. it does, I'm still set for it, right? <laughs> like When my wife started getting sick in 2008, we didn't know what the hell was wrong with her. Yeah. Before I couldn't get her approved for term life insurance, I I took out a hundred thousand dollar policy on her. Yeah, because we had just bought the house, and without her, I couldn't pay for the fucking house. Right. So I needed life insurance on her, and I I only had fifty thousand at work, and she had a job at that point where I think she had fifty thousand on herself. So I I threw another hundred thousand on her, so that gave me two hundred thousand dollars if something happened to her. Yep. Now that term runs out in twenty twenty eight. Okay. Do I necessarily need life insurance after that? Not necessarily. I might find something. I might not. Again, if I drop dead while I work at my job, mm -hmm. she gets a lot of money. She doesn't necessarily care because she'd rather have me alive. Of course, right? But, you know, that's one of the things that even when I was dying, 
was always in the back of my mind. Okay, she's going to have this money. She and Caitlin will be taken care of. I I had already talked to you. You were going to help them navigate financially what they needed to do. Yeah. But I knew everything was set, you know, and again, I'm playing the long game here. I'm playing the worst case scenario. Well, never, you know, everybody, I don't have life insurance. Okay. My wife probably has some on me from her work and yep. some on her, but like there's, I, I have none. Okay. But if I pass, my wife is going to be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. The cash that I have on hand, she'll be fine. Yep. And she can turn around and sell all the properties. The life we live yep. is very modest, yep. very minimal. Like at this moment, in my life, if if I pass, she literally can just take out of my account, pay off the house, let everything get foreclosed on, live her normal life, and she'll be just fine, right? And she'll still have cash for me. Like, mm-hmm. so people ask me, "Hey, why don't you have life insurance?" Because I don't feel I need it. Okay, like, oh well, you're you're used to this lifestyle. No, I have a very small lifestyle. <laughs> like. Oh no! Even when you vacation, you vacation as cheap as possible for the most part, right? I mean, you're the vacation I took with you was probably the most expensive vacation I've taken. Yeah, in and that's somewhere. one of the cheaper vacations I've taken. And that's no, see, like, and and that, that's that's why we're different, right? Yeah. Like, it hurt me to do it. Yes, we're with friends, and that's why, like, when and that's part of like when it's like, hey, did this was this cruise was it a no? It wasn't like there was nothing that said I felt i got every doubt like that's the most expensive vacation that i've spent i did not get anywhere near what i you know like it was equal to the other things i've done or you know or right like again and so that's why it's really hard for me and well again i i love going to hawaii yeah but i can't justify spending another seven thousand dollars to take caitlin and dawn to hawaii right now i totally justified doing it when i did it because i wanted to go back and i wanted them to experience things i experienced as a kid and we did all of those things and we spent seven grand and we had a great time yep but we've done it now (laughs) yeah we've done it now yep i mean i haven't spent seven grand on the four trips we've taken in the last two years yeah i I just i don't know i spent like 3300 i think on the cruise or something like that and that's a lot of money for me for a vacation. And people, there's people listening going, that's pennies. And I'm telling you like, yeah, but you went to Florida for how much? And that was adding people on that you didn't expect to pay for. Eleven, eleven hundred dollars for yeah. five of us. Yeah. Um, and you're yeah. going what, four days? Seven. Okay. <laughs> say seven days. Say, yeah. Rental car, hotel, and rental car flights. You travel very cheaply. Very. I do not. I know. And, and, and that's. You know, like, so that's why, and so that's why when I say, hey, life insurance for me, I mean, again, if everything goes into foreclosure, like, again, she doesn't have my income. She doesn't need my income. My wife doesn't need my income. In theory, I don't need my wife's income, right? Um, You know, we're, we're both kind of in a position where this is what it is. And like, you know, I, I've said it. Um, And, and so maybe we'll do a whole nother episode. So um, guys, I'm, I'm going to cut it and <laughs> say. Because we'd be here forever. Yeah, I hope I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've learned. If you have any real estate questions specifically for you for anything about that, um, I absolutely love it. It's my passion project. It's my business. It's my career. It's my life. If you catch me on the right day, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely love it. If if not, uh, I'll still tell you the exact truth. I just can't guarantee I'm gonna give you the answer in two seconds. Right. <laughs> so, 
Um, as always, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. We missed that at the beginning of the episode. That was we so did. of us. We'll get it next time. Uh, we will. So I'm sure we'll be back next week. Um, if you have ideas for shows, please let us know. There is a new Pops and Pennies up. If you're yeah, yeah listening to this, uh, go check out our Pops and Pennies. Um, and if you have ideas for that, please let us know because we want to know what the kids want to know about. Other than that, uh, check us out. We're everywhere. See so, you next week. Yeah, we'll see you soon. You've dialed in to Box and Brews. You might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these stuff. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews.